You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. You're listening to the E2C Network podcast by Auburn fans for Auburn fans. Brought to you by the Auburn Uniform Database. Visit them at auburnuniforms.com. War Eagle Auburn fans, welcome to Inside the Jungle, your source for Auburn men's basketball analysis and discussion. On this episode, we're going to be breaking down another Auburn Tigers basketball win. This time, the Tigers get revenge over the Alabama Crimson Tide by the score of 95 to 91. And guess what, folks? It was in overtime again. That's right. Four out of the last five games, three in a row, have been overtime. I'm tired just talking about it. So we're going to break down all the action, the storylines from this game. And to do that, I brought in my friend and my co-host, Mr. Drew Hooper. Uh, Drew, I've had my fill with overtime. I don't know about you. Uh, Yeah, I hate basketball. I think it, it may be the worst sport in the world. Like I just, I, I'm over it right now. Like I, I'm just, there's, I don't know. I, I hate midweek games. We've been doing overtimes on Tuesdays. We decided to do one on a Saturday this past week. And then we just turned around and said, you know what? Let's do one on a Wednesday. Might as well just get the trifecta. And I, Clint had a good tweet right after the game. Um, and, just a public service announcement uh, announcement that I'll echo from him being an Auburn fan shaves years off your life. <laughs> I, I think it shaves years because we're always in close games, but it also shaves years just because I feel like we get annoyed with how we end up in these precarious situations. Yeah. I, I don't know if anyone out there is, are new girl fans, but CC and Winston <laughs> always had the classic CC and Winston mess around. I feel like Auburn always has the get yourself in trouble mess around going on like have a game had our our foot on their neck in the first half and just like eh, it's not interesting enough for us (laughs) you know i don't get the reference because i am not a new girl fan but i can only imagine what that means there so hopefully for some of you listeners out there that meant something for you it sounded funny regardless uh yeah i i don't know what it is about auburn sports you know We just have to make things interesting. It doesn't matter how good we may be. We will find a way to let the other team back in the game. It doesn't matter how bad we may be. We will find a way to upset someone. There's no in between. It's either we are shocking the world because we just pulled off a huge upset or we're allowing a huge upset. I don't know. It's just it's one of those things. And at this point, Drew, I'd, I'd, I'd just say let's go ahead and have an overtime game every single time because, gosh darn it, we're winning every single one of them. I mean, come no, on, it can't be the no, worst strategy. No, no, no. Why? I mean, well, we won every single one of them. Yeah, we won every single one of them, but, like, you're eventually going to catch a bullet. Like, there's just <laughs> no other way around it. Like, you can only play with fire so much before you set it all on fire. And at this rate, I – 
I think you're just working yourself into more minutes on some of these guys' legs as we come towards the end of the season. Yeah. We're going to be playing a lot of games. And for this to be your third overtime game in a two-week, three-week span, it, it's not great because that that's just going to be a log of minutes towards the end of the season. We still have quite a lot of basketball left to play. Yeah, four out of the last five have been overtime, and three consecu- three in a row have been overtimes as well. So, like you brought up, legs have start start to be a concern for Auburn, especially with some things that transpired in this game, which we'll touch on just a little bit here. Uh, so that's got to be a concern as you go forward. As much as we've been entertained or frustrated by overtime, that is going to start taking a toll on Auburn if they don't get things under control at this point. And I got to even think about this way, Drew. So Auburn has a great week last week with a win over Kentucky, a win over Arkansas, a win over LSU. And then you would expect at that point that Auburn would just shoot up the rankings. to, And they did after the win over Kentucky but they sat still at number 11. Do you think the committee has seen Auburn struggle in some of these overtime wins? And then is that why they're not moving them up? No, I think you're you're looking at Auburn's at four and two and quad one wins. And that's really what everyone keeps hitting at. The net ratings are a big thing for college basketball since they came out last year. And they're going to live and die by it because I was talking to Peter at halftime. There were, introducing Seton Hall who's sitting at 18 and five and one spot above Auburn in the rankings. And they're talking about the potential of them being a a number one seed if some teams lose. And that's just wild, but it it all comes down to, they've lost some bad games, but they've won some good games. And that's really what the NCAA is looking for right now is like, what do the metrics say? Yeah. And we're going to put you on the line based on that. Like Auburn definitely can work their way up probably to a two seed max but they can also tumble themselves out if they take some losses in the next couple of weeks, just because the SEC is getting to the point that they do in football. And there are really good teams in the SEC, but we beat the crap out of each other during the season. And it just, the, all the records look bad right now. SEC is only projected to get five teams in the largest conference right now to get teams in is the big 10 with 11 teams. Uh, but most of the, most of the larger conferences are, are only getting five to six teams in big East is the only one higher than the sec and getting teams in. And that's with six. Yeah. You got to think that Auburn is in a position now where they control their destiny, where they can obviously shoot up, not shoot up, but move up into a higher projected seed, but it's just as easy to fall back as you already said here. So I got to say though, Drew, during this game, I hate Joe Lenardi now because right when they brought him on to start talking about this type of stuff in the middle of the game is when Alabama went on their run to start doing this. So I, I, I don't know if it's mojo, bad luck, karma, juju. I don't care what it is. It's, you know, I don't believe in any of that crap, but it just, it, I hate Joe Lazarni now simply for the fact that they started that conversation and then Auburn starts struggling in the middle of this stuff. It's, it was just very frustrating. But the one thing that wasn't frustrating tonight, and we'll get into more game stuff here, but we need to go ahead and address it. This is a very important game, obviously. Uh, I know you hate it. Drew uh, Peter hates it as well, but I'm going to say it just to get your goat here. This was the Iron Bowl of basketball, and we got the ODK uh, sportsmanship broke back at uh, at the halftime tonight. So from what I understand, the um, SGA president didn't have any issues getting to the stadium this time. It's a miracle, Drew. I mean, you imagine that there's when there's no, nothing else to make an excuse about, you can actually show up. Yeah, I mean – 
glad that that got to happen. Uh, I, I honestly don't know how long that tradition may hold on. It, it just seems like something that a bunch of people are kind of getting. I, I saw a bunch of the beat writers, and they're not our best judge of um, anything Auburn, but a lot of them are just kind of <laughs> over the fact. And, you know, with Alabama's president not wanting to show up the last time, it, I, I, I think until we figure out some other way to hand the trophy off, not four months after the game, like it, it may, I, I don't know if we need to change it, what's going on with that, but it was good to get the trophy. There were some big names there tonight. Uh, apparently Deshaun Davis was in the student section painted up tonight. Uh, I did that, not see that. That's what Justin Ferguson tweeted out wow. during the game. He said that he saw him painted up in the student section. I think that's awesome. Bryce Brown was um, in the, in the spell out during halftime. Like it was a big game. <sighs> tonight as well and i do have a little breaking news just to kind of get us off subject but back to uh the game bruce said that it looks like it's just a pull for isaac okoro on his hamstring oh man you just you just made my day here and I, I'm, I'm glad you broke in on that so let's use that to kind of shift into some game talk here obviously the big story or worry aside from going to overtime and getting the win again is that isaac okoro goes down in the waning minutes of the second half with this apparent injury. And I'll be honest with you, Drew, I wasn't aware of an injury until I actually saw them pan back down to him. I just saw him hit the floor. There was a scramble for the ball and I didn't know that he had gotten hurt. So give me your impressions of what happened. And since it does look like it's just a pool on this, you know, what do you think the implications are going forward? Well, I mean, it just looked like he was running there. It was really no contact, but it just looked like he slipped and his leg got more extended than it needed to be. Um, I mean, Bruce isn't saying it's not torn, but he says as of right now, it doesn't look torn. They'll reevaluate tomorrow, but it just looks like he pulled it out a little bit, uh, which really the implications is you never want to see injuries, but it can't come at a better time because you're looking at games against Missouri and Georgia next who are really bottom feeders in the SEC. Both are on the road, so it's going to be difficult, but I, I think if it is pulled and he can't go, I think even if he's like 75% against Missouri, you, you sit him on Saturday. Uh, I mean, this is really the time that you got to protect players. And uh, I mean, just being in Memphis and knowing the situation going on here with the injuries that they've occurred and other things on the roster, like they're telling Precious Achua don't even come to practice right now for the <laughs> Memphis team, like because he got hurt and was really banged up at their game against South Florida. And they just said, Hey, we need you like getting hurt in practice is not an option right now. Like getting hurt in these smaller games for Isaac Okoro is not an option. I'd rather take a loss to Missouri. And I know people are going to freak out about that. I'd rather take a loss to Missouri and have Isaac Okoro back towards the end of the season going into SEC play than play him, get him hurt worse, and us sitting there looking up at the stars like we were when Anthony McLemore went down a few years back. Yeah, and I think that I agree that this is a – if it had to happen – this is the time in the SEC schedule that you want it to happen because of uh, some situations that you'll find yourself in where, yeah, if you take a loss, so what? Uh, you know, you, you, that means you get your star player back healthy for more important games down the road. This is Auburn is not in a situation where they have to fight and claw for a position in the tournament at this point. I mean, it would have to be the most epic failures of all failures for them not to make the tournament at this point with the record that they have. They're sitting at 22-2, and 9-2 and two in the SEC, and with only a handful of games left. Uh, and obviously, you can obviously look terrible in the SEC tournament. I mean, anything could happen. I just, 
I would rather the focus be let's get some of these other players some time. Let's see how they can fit in these pieces. Let's get Isaac Okoro better and see if we can plug him back in slowly but surely and get him back to game form come postseason, obviously before postseason, but hopefully fully by postseason time there. So we'll hope that that is going to be nothing more than just a sprain that takes a little while to heal and it doesn't linger on throughout the day. Let's talk about the game, though, Drew. Um, started out pretty fun. 16 to nothing run for Auburn. Anthony McLemore is nailing threes. You know, there's stories about him just na- nailing all of them during shoot around today. There's dunks being had, blocks being had. I mean, I cannot think of a more electric start to the game that Auburn's had this season. Can you? No, I mean, definitely Auburn really hasn't started off that hot besides probably your New Mexico game Yeah, this year. Yeah. Uh, but this was even a hotter start. New Mexico was just a good start. Um, so that was encouraging at least to see Auburn come out and start well in a game. And I think if they can carry that intensity, and Bruce Pearl made the comment after the game as well tonight too, that it, this this wasn't as much of a rivalry game as it was an Auburn needs to stay alive in this championship race game. And someone came trying to take you out. And I mm-hmm. think that's the mentality that they looked like they were playing with to start the season or start the game. And definitely the mentality they need to carry forward because every team's coming for you now. Mm-hmm. Missouri has nothing to play for. Georgia has nothing to play for. Tennessee has nothing to play for. And eh, Tennessee may have something to play Maybe. for, but I doubt it. <laughs> uh, like these teams are all coming for you. And so I, I think that's definitely, it was a great start for that reason. But that was probably about the last fun moment of this Auburn game. Yeah, after that point, it became, uh, well, I, I would say there were some high points there where Auburn, would again, would push back out the lead. But then, uh, my gosh, I, I don't know what to make of this Alabama basketball program at this point. Uh, you change coaches, you expect things to change up a little bit. But th- this team goes from being just a kind of run-of-the-mill basketball team that kind of does a little bit of everything to shooting 59 three-pointers. Let me say that again, folks. 59 three-pointers. And I hear I thought that they had made a lot higher percentage, only 37% from three-point land uh, in this game. But they shot 59, which means they made 22 of them. I saw it posted on Twitter. Like, Drew, how do you lose this game when you make 22 three-pointers? By the fact that... Auburn was just able to dominate them on the inside. Auburn out-rebounded them 60, 60 rebounds. Like, that's mm-hmm. a ton of rebounds yeah. to 44 and had 24 second-chance points, which meant that Alabama was not boxing out on the defensive end. They they ended up getting 20 offensive rebounds. So 40 on the defensive end, 20 on the offensive end, 24 second-chance points. And they outscored Alabama in the paint 44-14. to 14. That's definitely how you beat a team who – scores a lot from three they they just kept pounding it and pounding it down low with one man that we like to call austin wiley mm. and isaac okoro even before he went out was taking it to the rim pretty handedly as well but wiley gosh he i i think he had a great stat line and we're gonna look at it and go wow austin wiley had another great double double but i think his this was his best game of the season bar none yeah, I, I can't think of a better one offhand here. I mean, it just a, I didn't really realize how good his game was until you actually look at this stat line here. 
18.6 for nine from the field, six for 11 from the free throw line. Could have been a little bit better there, but hey, you know, we can't, beggars can't be choosers. 17 rebounds, one assist, and he only commits one personal foul. That's it. In, in a knockdown, drag out, you know, everyone is just going at each other this entire game. Austin Wiley only comes away with one personal foul and has this entire game. Drew, that alone is why he had this is this is his best game of the season. And and it comes off a time when he's been rather quiet. So what was he doing differently in this game? Uh, Austin was flying high for rebounds and he was going up two hands strong and he was doing a much better job tonight with the eight offensive rebounds that he had, whenever he come down with those, he was going right back up. He wasn't doing his standard thing where he puts himself from his six eleven frame all the way down to about a six five frame by going down low to power dribble and go back up. He was instead, as soon as he grabbed that, he was going right back up because he knew he's either going to get the foul or he's going to be able to dunk it. And I, I think that's a big the big thing for Austin's game is that whenever he gets those rebounds, because he's such a good rebounder that he can't turn around and put that ball back low where a guard or someone can get quick hands to it. And tonight we saw he didn't do that. He didn't turn the ball over. He was very strong going back up and got to the foul line quite a bit of times. And Andy Kennedy brought it up and it's something I've been seeing in the stats lately as well, that, that he averages seven fouls against him a game. That's a lot of fouls against you, and it, it just all goes to show the work that he has put in in the offseason to be stronger and also to be just more effective with how he handles the ball. Yeah, and I, I've definitely seen him take strides in several areas, whether it be free throws, weight handles the ball, uh, aggressiveness, strength down low. Uh, he really has risen to the occasion as uh, someone should do in their senior year. And it's just so good to watch this actually happening uh, further on the rebound here. Let's just note this here. All the starters got six or more rebounds. That's including the guards. It goes back to what you said about 60 to 44 in the rebound margin in favor of Auburn. The, not just just starters, but everybody pretty much was rebounding the ball tonight. It was a team effort to win this. And it kind of makes you wonder those times that Auburn was shooting the light out the lights out of the of the gym for other teams the past two or three years and we'd sit there and wonder well we shot so great how are we still losing this game it goes to show you that the three-pointer while it's great and it can kind of swing things for you the fundamentals still win the game free throws rebounds defense so let's talk about that next drew you've got a problem again with the zone defense help me understand your issue (laughs) true i hate it like we keep playing it against teams that are ridiculously good shooters. Alabama shoots the six most threes in division one basketball. And it's not just, they shoot a lot of threes. They make a lot of threes because Petty's a really good shooter. Lewis is a good shooter. Uh, Beatles a really good shooter. I don't know his last name. I'm going to call him Beatle the bard uh, is a really good <laughs> shooter. Reese is a good shooter. Shackelford's a good shooter. Uh, Nate Oates lines up a lot of really good shooters in case you didn't know from that little i thought you were about to tell me nate oates is a good shooter too i mean he probably is like i i wouldn't doubt it but like we play we played the two three against a really good shooting team was a two three is can be beaten by being shot out of it and that's exactly what was happening auburn hop out to a lead and then we would go into the zone and that's when you'd see they're getting so many open shots because we weren't matching up in the zone well we were drifting away 
and trying to predict the next pass rather than playing what was in front of us and not trusting the guys next to us. And I, I think that opened up Alabama to to shoot as many as they did and to make as many as they did. I, I sent a message to our group that I was kind of keeping tally there, and I, I may be a little off on this, but I'm pretty close. In the first half, what we had was going into halftime, we had a 44 point lead or is 44 to 41 and at that point in time Alabama had scored 28 points when we went into a 2-3 zone that's a ridiculous amount of points to go into a 2-3 zone and get scored off of because we were running them out of the gym for the longest time and then we swapped to the zone and that's what we that's where we ended up I just think it's not the most effective defense we run I think if we are going to run a zone we need to go back to running the 1-3-1 zone that he deployed at the beginning of the season it seemed more effective everyone seemed a little more active in it and it led to more steals but so far this 2-3 zone against this Alabama team against this LSU team and against a few of the other teams that he's played it so far has not worked out very well well I think they're going to have that on tape and hopefully we'll make that adjustment here uh but uh here's the thing is you know Alabama came to play you got to give them credit uh they they know who they are and that's all all they are three-point shooters and uh, they nearly pulled off the upset tonight, and which would have been two for them this year against us. And again, that would have been a chance for them to make them, their case to go to postseason play. I don't think it's going to happen with what they have. They would have to beat LSU in their next game uh, to probably have the resume enough to go. So thankfully, Auburn doesn't allow that to happen and basically help them into the tournament this year. And I got to ask too, correct me if I'm wrong, John Petty, he's a senior, right? Yes. Okay, thank goodness. I, sideshow, but I mean, John Petty, it will thankfully be gone after this. I'm putting him in the same category as I did Yante Maton, as I did Michael Carrera, uh, Marshall Henderson. Uh, all no, of no, those... no. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I was wrong. He's a junior. Oh, no, Drew. Drew, you, Drew, you made me so happy with the news that it seems like Okoro is going to be okay. Then you tell me that John Petty's still going to be around. What is this tonight? I can't deal well, with any more motions. It is what it is. It, it is what it is. But uh, one more thing about one of our players here. Daniel Purifoy has been dealing with the flu-like symptoms or just flat out the flu, basically, the last couple of games. He does see action in this game, and I think it's more out of necessity uh, that he saw as much time as he did than he was supposed to. Uh, there were some players that got into foul trouble tonight, Okoro being one of them, and eventually got hurt. Macklemore eventually fouled out. Um, so I think we saw Dangel a little bit more than we would have um, if some of these circumstances had to happen. Uh, to me, Drew, it, it really looks like he is having to work his way back hard from this, whatever the illness is. Oh, yeah. I mean, the, the flu is definitely nothing to be taken lightly. Apparently this year in America, it's ravaging people. So, I mean, I, I, it's obviously going to take him a little while to work back to it and you know what like he got a few minutes tonight I, I don't think any people need to hit the panic button and go wow we're not going to see Purefoy again or he's going to be one of the last options I, I don't think that was the case because I Bruce put him in and then took him out like in a two-minute span and you you saw the camera pan over to the bench and Bruce was like having a chat with him and I, I think it's one of those that Bruce right now is just doing his best to protect his players from themselves and if Purefoy isn't able to go at the highest level, then he doesn't need to be out there right now. Like Bruce got to give him time to rest. He's got to understand he needs time to rest, even though he wants to be out there. And I agree. I think we saw him uh, a little bit tonight, probably in the first half out of want to, of he really wanted to give it a go. And then in the second half of, you know, we needed him at times where we got some guys in foul trouble. 
Yeah, and I, I'm happy that he got in. He made a three-pointer in here, so he's obviously still holding on to that shot despite what those symptoms may be doing to him right now. Uh, but yeah, I think this is a point, especially after what's happened to Okoro, you got to take care of these players and make sure that they're ready to go at the end of the season because we have some depth at some positions, uh, but we definitely don't want to put ourselves in a position that's not going to be favorable going forward. Uh, one other player that I want to point out tonight, Javon McCormick. What did you think about his play tonight? Not a flashy stat line, nine points, seven, uh, six rebounds for him, uh, but I thought he made some very crucial passes and, and dishes at times to really put Auburn in position to win. Oh, yeah. I mean, he didn't – his shot wasn't going well tonight, uh, but I don't think he took bad shots. There wasn't right. there wasn't a one time where I was like, man, that was a really bad shot. He kind of had to settle at the end of regulation, and he had the half-court shot, so automatically take two of those shots away. Uh, I, I think he played well. Like, I, I don't mind this Javon McCormick. I, I think yeah. this is the best version of him. He had a really good game against LSU, obviously, but this game, no turnover, six rebounds. He had five assists. He really did well setting the offense up. I don't think he lagged. He did well off the ball. I, I think that my only gripe from him or for him and for every other player, though, is he played defense with his hands down. Yep. And, he, I mean, just really got to start having active hands, especially as Andy Kennedy so loves to point out, he's one of the shorter guys in the SEC, and people can see right over him. But yep. you got to get a hand in a guy's face. But if, they, if this is the way he plays the rest of the season, I'm perfectly fine with it because I think he handled the offense well. And his shot is – he's too good at it for it not to come. Yes. Uh, and not to be there. Well, and I would say this about Javon. Javon is at his best when you don't notice him until the big play. And what I mean by that is he's, he's focusing on facilitating and making some of those, not as flashy shots, but then all of a sudden here he is knocking down a three because, as you said, his shot does arrive at some point because he's just got too good of a shot for it not to. Uh, so this is the Javon these last two games. And granted, he had a great scoring game last game that we really want to see going forward. And if this is the trend that he's moving towards at postseason, this is going to spell uh, some pretty exciting times for Auburn going forward. So Auburn does get the win over Alabama third consecutive overtime game. They get the revenge. They get the ODK sportsmanship trophy. Again, the worst name trophy in all of sports, but we'll take it because Alabama has to hand it off and sing her fight song. We get the win. It's a good night regardless. Just survive and advance. Let's talk about the next game, though, that we hopefully won't have to just survive, but maybe we can get a somewhat comfortable win. Got to do it on the road, though. Heading over to Columbia, Missouri to take on the Missouri Tigers. They are at 11 and 13 on the year, three and eight in the SEC. The game will be played at 6 p.m. Central Time uh, this Saturday, the 15th, on ESPN2. You know, this is, Drew, what I would call a bottom dweller at the SEC, of the SEC at this point. There are a few things that I noticed, though, about them that um, maybe cause a little bit of concern. What's your overall impression of Missouri? I, I think they're okay. I mean, they're. They're not the best team. They they keep they keep in games pretty well. I mean, they they just got blown out against A and M a few weeks back, but they beat Arkansas in a tight game and played one right to the wire against LSU. So I, I think definitely they're a team that you can't just go in thinking, man, we're gonna blow the doors off of them because I think a lot of those teams that 
that we think we should be able to beat in the SEC that were are showing this year that basketball is really weird and anyone can beat anyone on any given night. And you don't want to go into Columbia and underestimate them and think, Oh, we're just going to skate by this one. I, I think you really got to go in, make a good statement, make a good start because we haven't started well on the road either. And really yep. prove to yourself you can do that. Yeah. That's what I think Auburn needs to do here is, is not so much focus on blowing Missouri out because I think they have the capability to but starting well and maintaining having a, a solid game on the road it's it's not so much about Missouri as Auburn after the hype of the stretch of games that we've had I mean just an emotional roller coaster that we've been on here with overtime rivalry games uh, college game day all this stuff that we need to settle in and focus on winning games on the road. Because even though they're neutral sites in the tournament, they are still technically away games. You're not going to have your home crowd there for, for the most part to support you. So that's the really what I'm focusing on here. And, you know, as you said, they've shown the ability to compete. They took uh, tonight LSU, uh, number 25 LSU, uh, pretty close. They lost 82 to 78. The thing that concerns me, Drew, is that, they seem to know how to win at home. They've beaten Illinois. They've beaten Florida. They've beaten Arkansas all at home. Struggled a little bit on the road. They've lost both times at Texas A&M. That's kind of concerning for them. They lost to Charleston Southern. But for a team that seems to win well on the at home, this should be concern for Auburn, a team that has shown to struggle when they're on the road. Yeah, Auburn has shown to struggle while, he, while they're on the road, but – I think the big thing is Missouri doesn't score a lot of points. Yes. And I, and I think if Auburn can come out and run their offense effectively, then this gets to a point where Auburn should be able to run away with this because there's they bear their their leading score their score barely scores over ten points. And I think overall, like if Auburn can come out, Samir have a good game, Javon have a serviceable game, Austin Wiley be able to get going down low. I, I think you should run away with this game, honestly, yes. but you have to start off well and you have to understand like you're in a hostile environment, no matter if it is Columbia, Missouri or the swamp down in Gainesville, like it is SEC play. You you have to be locked in, ready to go. And I, I think Bruce really flipped a switch with them saying, you know, you're the hunted for this championship now. Like it is Auburn's to lose it's just a matter of are they going to lock in and lock it down or are they going to go out and flounder? Yeah, and that's definitely what we want to see them do on the road here. And you already mentioned it. Something that does make me feel better about this game is their lack of ability to score. Uh, Drew Smith, their junior guard, is the, scoring 11.7 points per game. That's their leading score. So I don't really see a concern in terms of them outscoring us, but it's can we beat their defense? Because they've been able to stay in a lot of these games against some pretty decent teams. So that means they must, at some level, play a decent level of defense. So defense for Missouri versus the offense for Auburn, which one wins on the road? We'll find out later on in uh, this week. Uh, let me give you a quick women's update before we get out of here tonight. Uh, sadly, they did not get the win in the rivalry game over Alabama in Tuscaloosa. They lost... Um, uh, 86 to, I think, 64. I think I have the wrong score there, but it could be right. Uh, but anyway, they were lost regardless. Their next game, it's not going to get any easier. They're going on the road again to number one, South Carolina, when we're recording this. Uh, it'll be tomorrow night, Thursday, the 13th at 7 p.m. 
uh, Central Time. You can watch it on the SEC Network if you want to watch. Our Tigers have to battle through that gauntlet there in the SEC for women's basketball. Uh, Drew, that's all we have here on this episode. Before we get out of here, let's give our contact information. Where can they find you on Twitter? You can find me on Twitter at Drew underscore Hoop, H-O-O-P-0-2. And you can find me on Twitter as well at TigerI24. Thank you for listening to this episode of Inside the Jungle. But until we talk to you again, War Eagle. No more overtime and War Eagle. Before you get out of here, we want to remind you of a couple of things. Head over to E2Cnetwork.com, our website where you can find everything that you'll ever need from us, podcasts, blogs, and even ways to help support the show. If you want to find individual episodes, you can download all of these on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Google Play. So until we see you again, I want to remind you of one thing, that here at the network, we believe in Auburn and love it. The only question remains, do you?